1: Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. This week we're looking at 3D printing with paper and ink, facial identification and the Pandora archive. But first up, here's the news. (music) Preserved for the future. The National Library of Australia has a selective archive of historically important online documents, which will soon include diffusion. Pandora, Australia's web archive, was set up by the National Library of Australia in 1996 to enable archiving and provide long-term access to online Australian publications. Pandora stands for Preserving and Accessing Networked Documentary Resources of Australia. The Pandora archivists identify and archive online publications that they judge to be historically important Australian documents, for future generations of Australia and to make them publicly available forever. Pandora researchers contact the creators to start an archive that will be properly preserved through the changing digital software and hardware of the future. The National Library and its partners don't attempt to collect all Australian online publications and websites but select those that they consider are of significance and have long-term research value. This is in contrast to the Wayback Machine of the non-profit Internet Archive in the USA, which is archiving the entire web. With Pandora, the Australian National Library collaborates with other libraries and archives in Australia. The National Library aims to archive titles of national significance, while the State Libraries aim to archive those of state and regional significance. Screen Sound Australia takes responsibility for sites relating to music and film, the Australian War Memorial archive sites relating to the Australian military history, and the Australian Institute for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies archives, publications, and websites of our Indigenous peoples. Each uses the Pandora archiving system, PANDAS, to contribute titles to the archive, which is located centrally at the National Library in Canberra. The Australian National Library has chosen the Diffusion Science Radio podcast for inclusion in the Pandora web archives as historically important Australian documents. The Pandora archivists are very busy due to the federal elections, but I will be interviewing them about how the archive works after they've finished recording all the election material, perhaps in October. You can see the Australian treasures presently archived on the Pandora Trove at pandora.nla.gov.au. visited the offices of DGS3D in Sydney, the sole channel of the mCore 3D printer in the southern hemisphere. mCore have invented a paper-based 3D printer that prints photorealistic objects with paper, glue and ink instead of plastic. As well as designing objects with computer-aided design software, they use an Xbox Kinect to scan people and objects to print out little 3D photocopies. Imagine parents being able to scan their kids once a year to print out a little 3D statuette of how they're growing up, in full colour. I spoke with Managing Director, Connor Moore.
2: Hi, Ian, my name's Connor Moore, and I'm Managing Director of DJI 3D. And we have the responsibility to bring this new paper-based 3D printer to the Australian audience. We have a printer which we will walk you through later on, to show you how this printer produces 3D printed models, layer by layer, using regular F4 office copy paper. It produces this by first taking one piece of paper, laying the glue where it's represented, compressing the model, and then cutting cutting around the shape.
1: So basically, you're using paper instead of plastic, and the machine is taking a sheet of paper, it's printing some ink around what will be the outside, and laying down some glue, and eventually it cuts it all as well. And you end up with something that's almost like wood, with, but it's full colour.
2: That's correct, Ian. Uh, as the models you have seen, um, they are very tactile, they are very colourful, and as you, say, as you say, they look and feel like pieces of wood. What stands this machine out and this technology against other 3D printers is the fact that it does use paper, which is an abundant source, and it is very low cost to produce. We are very impressed with its outcome and very impressed with how low cost and how eco friendly and how office friendly this printer is.
1: So, is this the only sheet based 3D
2: printer? That's correct. It's the only sheet based using a form of technology called SDL, Selective Disposition Lamination. And um, it's an additive form of manufacturing, and as you'll see, it takes layer by layer, sheet by sheet, and brings us back to primary school, where we are cutting and gluing, obviously in a more advanced state. Here's Jeff
1: Hancock, CEO of DGS3D, explaining how the mCore iris paper 3D printer works from in front of the printer.
0: Okay, with the iris, how it works is you have a paper stacker, and it actually pulls the paper in, it glues the paper, presses it together, and then comes back and cuts the image out. And that does that on each individual page.
1: And the inkjet printer actually talks to the 3D printer with ink.
0: It does via a barcode it actually prints on the 2D printing side of it. It prints a duplex image and puts a barcode along the edge so that when it comes into the iris it actually reads the barcode, adjusts for the offsets of the paper, pulls the paper in and glues and cuts.
1: And back to Connor Moore. My understanding is that normally with things that are produced in plastic 3D printers they're quite fragile and but they seem to be a lot hardier
2: that's exactly correct uh, a few other technologies which are in the professional arena can can be quite fragile can shatter however we are quite pleased with what our 3d printer can do and a lot of 3d printers out there have their own benefits and pros and cons we are an evangelist for 3d printing in general and we just want to ensure that our 3d printer is recognised as being a low-cost, eco-friendly, full-colour opportunity.
1: Well, the full-colour option is quite striking the first time you see it when you've been looking at all the monocolor. But the other thing is the cost. So how does the cost of making a print of an object compare to making one out of
2: plastic? We have done quite a few studies on how... um, a cost per model if you own the machine, the cost per model in comparison to some other 3D printers. Our software allows you to calculate the distance the knife travels, it allows you to calculate the glue which is dispersed and allows you, we obviously know how many layers of pieces of paper it uses so quite quickly we can calculate how much a cost of the model would be and in some of the models you've seen these range anywhere between $4 and $20, which is on average about 20 times cheaper than some of our competitors. And with plastic 3D printers,
1: there's a little bit of a safety concern about having them in schools or in homes because of the possibility of fumes. Does that also apply to the paper 3D printer?
2: Not at all, Ian. We champion the fact that it is an office friendly machine and in particular classroom friendly it is basically like using a regular photocopier there is no additives post or pre uh, a build Um, it uses regular office copy paper so we have we have no concerns over our energy consumption for one we have no concerns over the models which are produced and there's no toxic fumes as you have seen with the 3D printer here in our office.
1: And you're using water-based glue?
2: The beauty about the machine is that it uses water-based glue and water-based inks to ensure that the models which are produced are paying attention to the environment from the cradle to the grave. So if you do not like the part, you can simply recycle that part. It's biodegradable ink and glue, and we are happy that we can champion that fact.
1: And could people use recycled paper?
2: Core technologies are in the process of testing other forms of paper. We recommend at the moment that we use regular uh, F4 copy paper. And we will be releasing, if the opportunity arises, some other recyclable paper. At the moment, it's due to how the paper is glued and how well it cuts and how much dust would come from the paper used so we are recommending uh, a regular air 4 office copy paper as the best build material
1: and can you tell me something about the origin of this printer anything about how it was invented and, and where it comes from
2: uh, proudly this printer was invented in ireland by two brothers dr conor mccormick and his brother finton mccormick They come from an engineering background, mechanical and electrical engineers. The idea was born out of um, a frustration of 3D printing that they found with their experience that it was very prohibitive to print and very costly to print. So they set about to try to change this aspect of 3D printing. They came up with the idea and in 2005 they left their jobs and in 2008 they released the M-Core Matrix 300. It was the one colour paper 3D printer. They were credited in 2009 in the World Technology Awards, it was runner-up actually to the Amazon Kindle as the most innovative technology and in 2012 they have now released the full color version of paper 3d printing and in the last six to 12 months their exposure and the interest in the paper 3d printing has soared
1: and what sort of cost is there for these printers at the moment i know they're very new and so they're more designed for print shops than for hobbyists
2: the printer has been priced at the low end of the professional market it is not a printer which will be for the hobbyist at the moment however it does allow the hobbyist who can access not to have a printer in their house but to access 3d paper printed models from their home the printers are currently sixty thousand dollars this will have your printer fully installed you'll receive two and a half days training and you will receive The consumables, which will allow you to print for 12 months, all for a package of $60,000.
1: And your software is compatible with the existing object libraries that are online where you can find all these things to print?
2: Exactly right. Um, The printer will support and can print any file, which would be a STL file, an OBJ file, or a VRML file.
1: And as well as being able to print the huge library of public domain objects that are online, you can also scan things.
2: Exactly right. We had a launch of the Amcora Iris 3D printer in Sydney uh, on Thursday evening. Prior to to show people the uses of the printer, we set about to scan some family members, uh, one of which was me. We bought an Xbox Kinect camera for $100 and we used a software called Skinect, which you can download from the internet and between the two items we were able to produce some fantastic models full colour the first ever in Australia and I actually think maybe the first in the world to use these the M-Core Iris and the Skinect software to produce the models Um, This was only uh, a cheap scanner and a limited time, and the results we were very impressed with. So much so that ScanAct have been in contact with us themselves. They're a French company, and they're very interested to work along with the M-Core technologies to to try to widen the market space for figurines and scanning.
1: Well, I can just imagine parents, proud parents with their babies and their children wanting to see the differences as their children grow up. They already take lots of videos and photos. I can imagine if they can make an accurate 3D model of their child overnight from a scan, that's everyone will want to be able to do that.
2: I completely agree, and I think the consumer market will catch up very quickly, but the technology is here to produce images of... And tactile images of their their child, their babies, their sleeping babies, their first pets, their, their car, their motorbike, their boat, even as big as their house. They can scan these images now and print them out in full colour as a memento for the rest of their lives.
1: And these prints are from paper, even though they're laminated. So are they waterproof or can you make them waterproof?
2: When the models are are come out of the printer, they are they're very tactile. However, because paper is eighty percent air, it can take on the form of anything else that's dipped in. So, for instance, we have made some models um, waterproof by using an adhesive. So we are trying other different forms of dipping models the take on the properties of the substance it's dipped in.
1: So what sort of uses are people contacting you with that they'd like to use your printer for? Because I imagine you're getting a lot of calls now.
2: We have been inundated over the past two weeks at least since we have pretty much marketed the product. The uses of the product are anywhere from engineers to architects to GIS mapping, uh, universities, and obviously large print service bureaus who their idea would be to allow kids or students or designers who can't afford to have a printer in their home will allow them to walk into their store or to order online and download their image and have that collected the next day uh, in a local store so it localizes the opportunity to print.
1: Or could you perhaps even get it uh, posted or couriered to you?
2: Absolutely correct. Depending on the service bureau, I'm sure they will be offering quite a numerous ways of either walking in the store to courier it and have next day delivery services.
1: So looking into the future, it seems that this type of sheet-based additive printing gives you a much stronger result. Than a stronger build, I guess, than you would get from an extrusion. One of the problems I looked at with the extrusion-type printers was the chocolate 3D printing, where they seem to be, well, structurally not very sound, and the designers had a lot of trouble making things. Do you think it would be possible to have a chocolate-based sheet printer?
2: Well, we'll go back to Amcor Technologies and see, but um, I'm I'm sure if we had one here that... Not too many models will be produced because i will probably eat the product. Um, I do believe the beauty about the machine and the, the layering fact of how our technology actually works is that we can stop a build at any stage and go back to where we left off. We can run this machine 24 hours a day. It's engineered to perfection by two very intelligent, very creative engineers. So we are, we are happy and proud of the fact that our models which we can produce on this machine are robust, tactile and that the machine will is designed to continually work. The main responsibility for DGS3D is to make people aware that this technology now exists. We want to champion the fact that it is eco-friendly, it's very low cost and the models produced are full colour and we are happy that you came to join us today and to spread the word of 3D printing in Australia.
1: Connor Moore, thank you very much.
2: You're very welcome.
1: Thanks to Jeff Hancock and Connor Moore from DGS3D for letting me visit them to find out about the MCOR paper 3D printer. You can find out more at www.dgs3d.com.au. You're listening to Diffusion Science Radio send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the community radio network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. And now this week's three-minute thesis from the UTS Science Faculty. Students have three minutes to explain their research to educated laymen with only one slide. For a chance at the Trans-Tasman Competition in October. Here's Joanna Spazjevic with Morphometric Face Analysis a potential solution for identity theft at Australia's borders.
0: Border security is a major issue in Australia. Due to our relatively open immigration policy, nearly 18,000 people illegally arrive on our shores every year hoping to be granted visas into Australia. All of these unauthorized arrivals are held in detention for a minimum of three to six months while their applications are processed, with some cases lasting several years. This lengthy processing time means that many illegal immigrants attempt to commit identity fraud in order to manipulate the system. This can be claiming to be under 18, so they're processed as a minor, or even stealing another person's identity to appear as if they have family already here. Therefore, it's vital that our border security officials are able to detect this fraud, thus denying entry and residency in Australia. However, there are currently three major obstacles stopping this from being achieved. The first is the sheer volume of people arriving at our borders that need to be processed. The second is that currently the people in charge of performing identifications from facial images are not specially trained. Therefore, their analyses and their opinions of identity cannot go to court as evidence. In order to have an identification from a facial image taken to court as evidence, A face mapping analysis must be performed by one of the two face mapping experts recognised in Australia, and they must attend court to present their evidence. However, this is where the third obstacle arises. Even when a face mapping expert takes their analysis to court, they are limited to only stating the similarities and differences between two images. They're not allowed to conclude opinions of identity. Instead it's left up to the judge or jurors, although they're not face mapping experts, to conclude final opinions of identity. These three obstacles are stopping Australia from being able to correctly identify people committing identity theft at our borders or in the cases where they are caught, the perpetrators cannot be prosecuted. My research aims to overcome these obstacles by developing a standardised face mapping protocol that can be fully supported by a database of population statistics of individuality. This will be achieved by morphometrically examining standardised facial images in order to identify permanent and transient features and classify them as unique or distinct identifiers. At the same time, the analytical process I am developing to examine the images will be refined, standardised and tested. I will also investigate the use of novel identification techniques, such as looking at facial expressions like the smile to determine if they can enhance the individuality of a face. Altogether, these results will ensure that conclusions of identity achieved by face-mapping experts will be admissible as identification evidence in court. Additionally, the standardised protocol will be able to be widely implemented across our borders to ensure that the analyses performed by in-house analysts will be scientifically reliable. Thank you.
1: The the in the 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 place, yes. Does the analysis involve? Uh, of software or is it uh, just a training provided to, to the custom officers?
0: It, yeah, it'll be, well, a combination. The first, you have to be able to train them how to do it themselves because you can't take <coughs> software to court, like biometric <coughs> systems that we have at our airports. The results they get can't go to court as evidence. So the first step is training the actual people how to do it. And then from that you can also develop software to try and make
2: it faster. So the final decision belongs to people, to, yeah. to a person? Or to
0: yeah, well at the moment the, the people making the decisions can't go to court either, there's only two <laughs> people in Australia that can go to court
1: to conclude. That was Joanna Spazjevic with her three-minute thesis at the University of Technology, Sydney. You can find out more about the three-minute thesis competition at www.3minutethesis.org. My forest fire is disguise Takes him many places. He's a squirrel of many places. Who's, Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Secret Squirrel.
2: Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvellous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.
1: And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Would you like to join us? We need more people contributing stories to Diffusion. You can send your contributions, opinions, congratulations, standing ovations, gasps of amazement, and helpful suggestions to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at And please do send me an email, so I know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes. A big thank you to the people who did email recently. Please like our Facebook page and leave a comment. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia on the Community Radio Network and syndicated on the American National Science Foundation's Science360 Internet Radio Station. Ask your local radio station to broadcast Diffusion. Subscribe to our podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice, for more Science Wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.